Fatu, Barada, Hi friends, welcome back to the Tomorrow's TuneIn Podcast. I am your host, Chris Marshall, and this is show number 11 for the month of August 2008. Today we've got a fun little interview with Bob McLeod, who is the co-creator of The New Mutants in the 1980s. He is currently our editor for Rough Stuff magazine, and Rough Stuff number 9 just came out in comic book stores, and issue number 10 will be out in October. We want to thank everybody who came out to see us in San Diego for Comic-Con International. I know that John Morrow and all of our editors and friends had a wonderful time out there in sunny California. It was probably the best convention ever from what I am hearing. And we, want, of course, want to thank you for all your support for Tomorrow's Publishing and the products that we have here. Let's get to the new releases of August. Upcoming at the end of August, Wednesday the 27th, we will have Alter Ego number 80. Of course, this is edited by Roy Thomas. This is our special sword and sorcery issue, and nobody better to headline this than Roy Thomas himself, who, of course, has spent many years on Conan the Barbarian. This magazine also features Red Sonia, the Viking Prince, Solomon Kane, and the Grey Mouser, Beowulf, Warlord, who is getting revived at DC pretty soon, Dagger the Invincible, Wolf the Barbarian, Iron Jaw, and many, many more. This is 100 pages and is available for $6.95. Also due out is Modern Masters number 17, focusing on Lee Weeks. We've talked about that book before. And also the Brick Journal Compendium. And if you want more on the Brick Journal Compendium, check out our pre-San Diego Comic-Con special that I released a few weeks back. And we, in that issue, we talked to Joe Mino, who is the editor of Brick Journal. For more information on Tomorrow's, please come by Tomorrow's.com. Check out the blog. John Morrow is always blogging about the latest specials and news happening here at Tomorrow's. But for right now, let's get to the interview with Bob McLeod. Okay, we're here with Bob McLeod. Bob, thanks for joining us today. You're welcome. Glad to be here. One of the first things I always ask the guests when they come on the show here at Tomorrow's Tune In is a little bit about their history and how they got involved in the comics industry. Uh, tell us a little bit about your history and your time at Marvel Comics. Well, um, I got started uh, working in production at Marvel uh, back in 1973. Uh, my first job was just doing... Uh, like paste up in mechanicals is what it used to be called, doing lettering corrections and art corrections, and worked my way up from there to doing freelance artwork uh, for Marvel, and then did some for DC. I started out in the uh, crazy magazine Marvel used to do, uh, was their version of Mad Magazine, and uh, did a lot of work for crazy, doing movie satires and the Teen Hulk uh, strip, and... Um, did some work on their black and white magazines, adding tones to other artists early on, and then uh, eventually doing some ink jobs for that. Um, I was penciling and inking for crazy, but I was doing kind of, uh, like I say, a mad magazine style. So to do superheroes, I had to kind of um, start from scratch and learn how to draw 
dynamically and dramatically. So uh, my penciling evolved much later than my inking. Uh, so I didn't start penciling regular superhero comics until uh, in the late 70s. You know, always did penciling and inking, but kind of more inking than penciling because um, I was just faster at it and more in demand uh, as, as an inker and could make more money. But I've always preferred to do penciling and inking instead of just one or the other. And then how did the New Mutants come along with Chris Claremont? I had done a an X-Men fill-in. Uh, Jim Sherman was late doing an issue, uh, X-Men 151, and I don't know what they had seen of mine at that point, but I had done some penciling before that, and they called me and Joe Rubenstein in to finish up uh, Jim's issue. So I penciled uh, from his layouts in, in some places, did my own layouts in other places, and Joe and I both finished up the inks, and they liked what I did on that, so they, give, they gave me the following issue uh, to pencil. So I penciled X-Men 152, and um, they liked what I did on that, and they needed a penciler on X-Men at the time, and so they were either going to offer me the penciling on X-Men, or they were starting up this new book called, um, at that time, uh, The Mutants. They were still trying to work up a title for it. And I thought it would be really cool to just start up a whole new series, even though I, I was also really you know, anxious to work on the X-Men. Uh, it just seemed like a better deal to be a co-creator and um, have my, uh, I'd be able to create the look of the characters and everything for The New Mutants. So I decided to, to do that. Uh, and instead, and um, took it from there. And do you, are you, do you still follow the X Men and the New Mutants today? No, when I got off the New Mutants, um, I, I got off because I just couldn't keep up with the deadlines. That was my first regular penciling assignment, and we started off behind schedule because they turned the first issue into a graphic novel and they were on a different schedule. So we were three months ahead, and suddenly we were a month behind, and I could just never catch up because I just wasn't used to grinding out a page or more a day. And um, So then I switched over to the inking on the New Mutants and um, did that for a while and just wasn't you know, creatively satisfied uh, doing that. Um, so in the end, I ended up just leaving the New Mutants and when I left, I kind of just put it behind me and, and didn't really follow it. I kind of uh, looked at what Bill Sienkiewicz did on it, but it was so radically different than what I had done. Um, you know, I, I'm a fan of Bill's work, but it didn't, um, you know, it didn't hold my interest to the New Mutants. So I, I kind of just uh, lost track of those, and I, I just went ahead with other projects. Now, reading your biography, you've also worked with Neil Adams at his continuity studios. Who, tell us a little bit about the, the Krusty Bunkers. <laughs> well, actually, Neil uh, was responsible for getting me the job at Marvel to begin with. I went up and met him, and um, he just called the production manager at Marvel and got me a job uh, working in production because I had been trying, knocking on doors for three months at that point, trying to get my foot in the door and with no success. So that's how I, my career actually started, and um, 
I ended up renting studio space at Neil's Continuity Studios, and anybody around his studio then could work on a Krusty Bunker job. And what that was was just um, he would get an ink job from Marvel and uh, oversee it, you know, and, and promise that he would be in charge of it. But then he would let anybody up at the studio ink backgrounds or small parts of figures, background figures, and and what have you. And um, he would pay us his page rate to ink the job. So we got, you know be able to work at Neil's page rate and on these jobs that we wouldn't have gotten otherwise. And it was a wonderful training ground. Uh, I learned a lot about inking, working on those Krusty Bunker jobs. And there was a whole slew of us, you know, about a dozen different inkers, uh, whoever uh, was just in the office at that day, if they were uh, an established artist, could, could pitch in. So we got a lot of variety, and the jobs looked like a, you know, Frankenstein put together. But... Um, Overall, uh, Neil was making sure that it was up to a certain standard, and um, it was some pretty interesting work. Let's move on to your work at Tomorrow's Publishing these days. And how did you come to be partners with John Morrow in, in Tomorrow's? And tell us a little bit about uh, Rough Stuff Magazine. Well, I started out <coughs> um, reading Back Issue, and I liked the section in there. Uh, called Rough Stuff they had in Back Issue, which was just basically uh, they would show some pencil drawings, pencil pages, before they were inked. And um, I forget how it came about, but I, I just uh, sent in... Oh, they, were at, they had a, a request for uh, Xeroxes Xerox of pencils, any kind of pencil scans or whatever that they could use for the Rough Stuff section. And I had always kept copies of my uh, work for the last 30 years in case stuff got lost in the mail or just as a record of it or whatever. And so I had all these uh, pencil uh, scans of my own work and other pencilers that I had inked over. So I sent like three boxes of uh, stuff over to Michael Urey at, at uh, Back Issue. And at the same time, I wrote an article about what it was like working over the really rough, rougher uh, styles of the pencilers of the uh, 70s uh, when pencilers used to be much looser than they are today. They would not try to put every line down that was going to be printed and just have the inker go over it. They were just more concerned with storytelling and layout, and the inker was uh, the one who was concerned with the finished look of the work. So I just wrote an article about that that evidently got a really good response from their readers. And they were looking to, to branch off uh, this new magazine called Rough Stuff because it, it was a popular feature in the magazine. Uh, so they were thinking of having a spinoff magazine called Rough Stuff. And um, since I had sent that in and had all this uh, work to draw from, and um, I guess they, they thought I had some potential, they offered me you know, the job of editing this new magazine. And I was pretty reluctant because I never really wanted to be an editor. You know, that's, that's the other side of the desk from where I had been working my whole career. And I didn't have a high opinion of editors. <laughs> and uh, not not really the direction I was thinking of going in, but it sounded like it could be interesting and fun and a challenge and something different. Um, so I, I said, well... 
I'll give it a try. You know, if if you think I can do it, um, you know, we'll, we'll try it and, and see how it works. And I really didn't know if I was going to stick with it, and I don't know what they they were thinking, <laughs> but but anyway, um, I said let's go for it. And once I got started doing it, um, I would I would contact these artists and and say I had these. Uh, scans of their work that I was going to uh, publish and, and could they comment on them. And practically every artist I contacted said, well, you don't show that stuff from 30 years ago. I've got some better stuff I want you to show if you're going to do an article about me. And so they started sending me uh, pencil scans of their work and sketches and, and uh, layouts and everything, which I thought was even better because it was stuff that hadn't been seen and um, was more current. And uh, so that's usually what I've been doing on Rough Stuff um, is having the artist send me everything that they would like to see in a feature rather than me digging up stuff out of my files or, or somewhere else and uh, working it that way. Now, issue nine of Rough Stuff just came out a few weeks ago. And I have to admit, I have not received a, a copy yet. But just looking at the solicitation, you've got a, a commentary feature in here called Inkers Who Needs Them, which kind of struck me as kind of odd. What, what is, uh, what's that all about, your feature article? Well, you know, I don't know if you've uh, kept up with recent times, but there's a lot of jobs now being printed without inking. Right. They're going, uh, the pencils over the last decade or so have gotten so tight that they can easily... Uh, print them directly without using an inker, just cleaning them up a little bit in Photoshop. Uh, the colorist does it. And, you know, from a commercial standpoint, uh, they seem to be, it seems to work well enough to get the job done. Uh, artistically, I think it's pretty ineffective and ugly and, and not, not the way to go. But I can see where um, it saves a step. It maybe saves a little money. I don't know. And um, the penciler doesn't have to worry about the inker changing his stuff and uh, you know all kinds of considerations like that. So it seems to be more and more uh, common that that's what they're doing. And I could easily see uh, uh, where it might go in the future as styles change. Um, maybe. Certainly, if they wanted to, they could direct the artist to draw in a certain way where inking would be even less necessary and just do away with it altogether. And I would hate to see that happen because, you know, I'm an inker myself and I, I love the art of inking, uh, but it's just something that's a concern among inkers and among fans of uh, the history of inking and everything, and um, just something I, I thought deserved some attention. Now, what can you tell us about issue 10, which is coming up in October? Uh, we're putting that issue together right now, and it's going to be a really nice issue. Uh, it's got a, a feature on it. Um, a recent book came out, um, Alex Raymond, the, His Life and Art by Tom Roberts. It's a beautiful hardcover book, coffee table book of, of uh, Alex Raymond's work. And I've always been a huge fan of Alex Raymond, of course, and um, we're going to have some excerpts from that book and issue 10, and Tom Roberts has written some comments, some new comments just for rough stuff about the uh, images we're going to show. So I'm really excited about being able to show that. 
Um, then we've got an interview with Ron Garney, uh, Marvel and DC artist, and uh, Matt Haley. Also done a lot of stuff for uh, Marvel and uh, various other companies. Um, Andy Smith, longtime artist, penciler and inker, and uh, editor and art director over at um, CrossGen Comics. And there's a new young artist, uh, Michael Jason Paz, who I think will be getting uh, everybody pretty excited. He does really detailed um, work that's just fascinating that I discovered um, when I, I ran across some uh, uh, animal illustrations that he had done. I didn't even know he was interested in doing comics, just saw his animal drawings, and, and they were amazing. So um, then when I found out he, he wanted to do comics, I thought we should get him into rough stuff. And then I've, I've got an article in issue 10. I've been teaching how to draw comics at a local art school for the last couple of years. And I'm, uh, I've written an article about that experience, and I'm going to show some of the art that my uh, students have been doing that I think is really interesting. I want to thank Bob for being my guest today. I really, really appreciate it. And definitely go check out Rough Stuff Magazine. It's a wonderful magazine for aspiring artists and comic fans alike. And be sure to check out my podcast on Collected Editions, the Collected Comics Library, it is the comic book and trade paperback podcast and can be found at CollectedComicsLibrary.com. Contact information here at Tomorrow's Publishing. My name is Chris Marshall. Again, I welcome your comments and questions. If you have any, anything, I'll be happy to get to John and get answers for you and read them back on the air here at the Tomorrow's Tune-In Podcast. You can email me at CollectedComicsLibrary at gmail.com. As always, come by Tomorrow's.com where the blog is. And if you can, hey, please leave us an iTunes review. So until September, everybody, have a good one. And hey, go buy Rough Stuff Magazine. See you next month.